that in regards to what we're going through, He is our strength, He is our leader, and He is our rock, He is our salvation. Strength when I am weak, you are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Singing you land of precious truth, Lord, give up my fear. You are my all in Thank you. 
so concerned with God doing my work. I It is the secret of our relationship. Every major relationship has those secrets. Has many ones. That relationship will not grow if you go very far unless there is communication. On the job, we have to be able to communicate with our peers and with our bosses. We have to. It's a, it's a very important part. Prayer is the speaking part of our relationship today. If you ask me as a pastor of Patterson Street, what is the best thing you can do for your pastor search committee? I would say pray for them. I've had a lot of experience over these last 50 years on the other side of that I've been the pastor talking to the pastor church church. So I've had a lot of experience. I remember one occasion when I pastored in Clark, Mississippi, an Oakland Baptist church, a pulpit committee, we called them back in those days, came to hear me preach. And you know how it is, pastor church church, if you go to visit a church and stick out, like a full thumb, you know, it's like you've got a beam you can talk to your head, you know. Uh, people look at you and recognize you right off the bat. Uh, pastor Church teams don't have to do that as much today as they used to because you have so many other available ways to hear a man and explore his preaching and that kind of thing. But that day, this Pastor Church team showed up. One of my deacons recognized him right off the bat. And so after church, he went up to me. And he said to him, I know what he needs. You're here to get my attention. And he said, I want to tell you something about our pastor. He said, he is the best pastor we've ever had. And let me tell you, he's the best preacher we've ever had in this church. And I tell you, I've never heard another word from that pastor church guy. That deacon had figured out how to get rid of pastor church guy. But I want to talk to you this morning on how to pray for your pastor church guy. I pray every Tuesday at 4 o'clock that I can be there with a group of pastors. About two years ago, King James called together a group of Memphis pastors and he said, would you leave with me on the computer at 4 o'clock every Tuesday? And he got together about 10 or 12 of us teachers. And we need to pray. You know, I, I, I pray with the, with the pastor of Second Prayer. I, pastor, I pray with a couple of the black pastors. I pray with Tom Lindbergh at First Assembly in Memphis. Uh, I pray with a lot of guys that I normally would not have fellowship with. You know what I've learned as I've listened to those minutes of my prayer? How do I answer them? I've thought about it. I've learned that passion. 
You learn something that goes to all of you that you do You learn something that goes to all of you that you do You learn something that goes to all of you that you do I thought about what it would be like to have heard Martin Luther say, the moment that he made it, it was modified to the church of Jesus. We would love to have heard I would love to have heard uh, how uh, Jonathan Edwards prayed before he preached that famous sermon in the hands of an angel God. I would love to have heard Spurgeon pray the night after somebody yelled fire in one of the services and several people were trampled to death and Spurgeon was crushed one of the greatest preachers of, of the 19th century was crushed and thought he will never preach again. We go up to the There was a man that had a something that jumped and he didn't like the way he did something. He was he was really going to go to his hotel room and just tell him off and tell him what he thought. And so he went up to Billy's hotel room there in Atlanta. But the door was kind of open just a slightly enough that when the man got there, he could hear voices inside. And he kind of pushed the door open. And it wasn't voice says, it was one Paul was 
is writing this church after his chapter died and shares this about him. And give me this prayer. And I want to read it for you. It starts in verse 9 and goes through verse 12. I'm reading from the New King James here. It says, For this reason we also, since the day that we heard it, now that day that he heard it is the day that Epaphroditus came to the prison in Rome and preached the call. He was under house arrest, you remember, in Rome. And so Epaphroditus had given a good report for what God was doing in this new church. God was blessing. People were being saved and people were growing. But they had some issues. And if those issues weren't addressed, they had inherently the capability of destroying that fellowship. And so Paul says, for this reason, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. A number of years ago, I memorized this prayer because I was so touched by its depth and its meaning, and I wanted to have it in my memory so I could pray for my children, so I could pray for my spouse, my wife, and my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren, which, by the way, we just got in court last week, a couple of weeks ago, we're having our first great-grandchild. And uh, the, I've got a lot of grandkids and great-grandkids to pray for. And I discovered that this prayer is one of the greatest prayers that I could pray for my friends, for my family, and might I add, even for my enemies. Because it is a great prayer. But let me tell you something. I cannot find a better prayer for you as a church to pray for your pastor serves And I think you will understand why from these Genesis messages. First of all, this prayer teaches us that we need to pray for our pastor church committee that they will comprehend the will of God. That they will comprehend. Now that word comprehend means to grasp the nature of something, to grasp the significance of something, and to grasp the meaning of something. So to apprehend the will of God means that we understand what God wants us to do. Can you think of anything more important for you to pray for your pastor's search team than that they would grasp the will of God concerning the man that God has out there somewhere for First Baptist Church here in Alabama, Tennessee. We, we need to pray that they will grasp the will of God. He says, for this reason also, since the day that we heard it, 
we have not ceased to pray for you that you might be filled, notice that, filled with the knowledge of His will. Now, there are two words here I want to kind of highlight and, and, and see if I can expand all and unpack it a little bit for you. The first one is the word filled. He's praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. That word filled is a little Greek word called phileu. It is used in many ways in the New Testament. Let me just give you one example. I, I'll read a scripture here. Uh, it, it is used. And that's in, the, in the Luke chapter 5 and verse 26. You'll remember that when they lowered the man down through the roof to Jesus, and people saw Jesus heal that man, it says in Luke chapter 5 and verse 26, And they were all amazed. And they glorified God. Now notice this. They were filled with fear. That word filled is the same word. Where Paul is praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of the will of God is the word prayer. And so when you're filled with fear, church, what does that mean? That means fear is the dominant emotion in your life. It means that you are being controlled by fear. The word here, playlist, means to be filled all the way up so that there is no room for anything else. So to be filled with fear means you're controlled by fear. Uh, there are other passages that use the same word concerning faith. talks about people who are filled with faith. That means that faith is the controlling thing in their life. Now, to be filled means to be controlled by. Let me add that to this verse you're all familiar with. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine, for it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, to be filled with the Spirit is not a quantitative thing. It's a qualitative thing. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is a liquid and you're filled up to here or here or here. The Holy Spirit is a person and it refers to the amount of control that the Holy Spirit has in my life. To be filled with the Spirit means the Holy Spirit is controlling my life. To be filled with the will of God or the knowledge of the will of God means that the will of God is the controlling factor in my life. I want the will of God more than I want anything else. To be filled with God's will means that you desire God's will more than anything else. Can you imagine anything more important to pray for your pastor, church, team, than God? That they be filled, they be controlled, they be animated by the will of God. Listen. Ray Pitcher was a preacher I was going to appreciate. He spent some time in Tupelo, Mississippi. I think he's moved now somewhere else. But he, he made this statement. To be filled with the will of God means, Lord, let your will be done in me, whatever it costs. 
whatever it takes, and wherever it is. Paul is claiming that for the Colossians. I can't think of anything better to pray for my wife than that. I can't think of anything better to pray for my kids and my grandkids than that. That they be filled to the brim. Christians continue. He said to be filled with the will of God means to let your will be done, even if it means that my will is not done. I would just challenge the pastor question. Can you remember that the community has matured? There may be times when the pastor comes to a point of dying to your own will. He also said, it means to let your plans go forward if it means changing. And then notice the other word, being filled with the knowledge of His will. That word knowledge is a word that means epinosis. The word gnosis, we get gnostic. Uh, is the word for knowledge. And if you put epi in front of it, it just makes it more powerful. It talks about super knowledge. It talks about experiential knowledge. It refers to a full experiential knowledge. And some people have knowledge, but they're not controlled by it. Right? How many of us have things we know we ought to do that we're not doing? We're not necessarily controlled by the knowledge we have. Well, Paul is praying that the Colossian Christians will know some things concerning God's will, but it won't stop there. They won't just know it, but to make it clear. And what he's saying is that full knowledge of the Word of God ought to lead to action. Now, he's saying, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of the Word of God. When people are not filled with the knowledge they have, what do we say? It's that emptiness. That's what we say. You know better than that. In other words, you've got the knowledge, but you're not filled with it. You're not controlled by it. Now, how do we get this knowledge of the Word of God? Well, I guess that question has been asked me more than any question in this past 50 years. I, I preached a series of sermons one time on the most asked question of that time in 42 years. The most asked questions in 42 years of ministry. And one of the questions was like, how may I know the will of God? That was such an important question for me. I remember the sickness in my life, the loneliness in my family, the prison I had never been in. I was struggling. I felt a sense of God's call in my life. I, I, I didn't become a Christian until six weeks before I graduated. And once I graduated from high school, after I'd made my commitment to Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life, then God began to deal with me about now what, what am I going to do? Now that I've saved, what do I do? What's the will of God? What, why did God put me on this planet? And it was the question, how can I know 
and to have that, that, that conflict of the Spirit that begins to point toward one person. And there's that growing sense of unanimity that God the Spirit gives in this process. to know the work over there, I did to this point, and I had a desire to do pastor coverage in the church. And we decided whether or not to do that at the same church, college ministry, the teaching pastor, and try to take a separate church and do that. And we were struggling, to be honest with you. And we thought we had made up our mind, but we just had
You may know the scripture like John Michael, but it was Paul's scripture, not what it ought to be. What he knows is not what it ought to be. But he's got more in the show of scripture than Paul's scripture than what it So pray in your past of Confusion. And the best of all the truth 